technical issues. It's a good thing we're not a live podcast, eh? Just think yep. about how much of, of a nightmare that'd be. <laughs> what you know, I'm I'm oh, here we go. Hello, Morty's Morgue. You stab him, we slab him. <laughs> the magic of technology. Welcome to AT Banter, the podcast where we discuss anything and everything regarding the world of assistive technology. With our hosts, Steve Barkley, Rob and Ryan Fleury. Now, let's banter. Hey, and welcome to yet another episode of AT Banter. Banter, banter. I am Rob and today, joining me is the lovely Ryan Flurry. Uh, I'm Ryan Flurry. And guess what? We don't have a Steve Barkley here this week. What? I thought he was just being quiet. No, he's not being quiet. He's actually not here. He is somewhere in the wilds of British Columbia right now. Camping. Ha ha. That's right. Without a campfire, I'm sure. <laughs> That's right. Wherever he is. <laughs> actually, where is he? Do you know? I think he's in Goldeners Park. Oh, Gold. Okay, so he's not far away. No, he's a couple hours. Not even a couple hours. That's like an hour away. Well, whatever. He's out there somewhere. Right. I don't think he has cell signal. Drinking a lot of whiskey, I'm sure. Yes, and probably playing guitar. So, Ryan, what are we up to today? Today, we are speaking with Maria Johnson, who otherwise known as Girl Gone Blind. Yeah, this this is a great blog. We came across this, I think, early on. Early on, I think I've I've had it into you to get a hold of her and have her on the show. I think since the first couple of weeks of the podcast that we really? were doing it. Yeah. Yeah. She was, her blog was one of the, actually one of the first blogs I sort of came across when I started doing um, research on potential guests. Oh, I don't remember. And it really stood her. out to me. She's, she's got an awesome attitude. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So it's pretty exciting to have her on. Um, yeah. She's a podcaster. She's a blogger. She's get this Ryan. She's a blind fitness instructor. We've had another guest on who I was know. also a blind was, fitness instructor. I was thinking about that actually, Bob Blind Alive. It is, yeah. I, I, her name escapes me though. But uh, yeah, very important. This whole exercise and blind, you should really, I need. To, I think I'm going to get you a Blind Alive set for Christmas. I've got uh, the beginner yoga. Linda and I are going to do it. Really? Yep. Well, good for you. Bought herself some yoga mats and. Although I should be one to talk. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't really be mocking you for not doing yoga. Uh, cool. All right. Well, I think our time is limited today, so uh, maybe we should just go ahead and bring her on. Hi, Rob. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Your voices sound very familiar. <laughs> yeah, we get that a lot. We also we actually people are like, wow, you guys all sound the same. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I can tell the difference. Oh, okay, good. good. Yeah, Rob's the old crotchety one. Oh, wait. No, no you're me. the old crotchety one. What are you talking about? <laughs> that's right. Rumple, grump, grumple, oh, you know, hey, you know, it, 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 you got to have different personalities, right? You do. No, awesome. Well, first, thank you guys so much for reaching out. I really appreciate it. Oh, it's our pleasure. And, you know, thanks thanks so much for coming on and, and chatting with us. Now, let's start off with just talking maybe a little bit about uh, your particular eye condition and how you lost your sight. 
I have an eye condition called Labor's Hereditary Optic Neuropathy, or LHON for short, and it is a mutation in the mitochondrial DNA. This mutation, when triggered, causes sudden central vision loss. It usually happens in one eye, and then within a matter of a month to, say, a, a six months, it, can, it goes right to the other eye, eventually causing legal blindness. And if you don't have a history of this in your family, you can go through months, I've heard even up to a year of testing before doctors can figure out exactly what's going on with your vision. And by that point, you're blind, you don't know what's going on. It can be a real difficult journey. Now, now how common is the condition? Because I've actually never heard of it. It is not common at all. It's a it's a rare disease. Uh, most mitochondrial diseases are rare, and it's I think it's one in like four hundred thousand people are diagnosed. Um, like four hundred, around four hundred maybe a year in the U.S. Um, but it's it is quite rare. When I was diagnosed with it, I was kind of like, "Lay, but what? <laughs> what? What was that long, you know, title?" And I had, we had to search the internet to figure out what it was. My doctor did know about this condition, and thankfully, I went through about eight months of testing with nobody knowing what was wrong with me, but he knew to do a DNA test. And that is the only way wow. you can diagnose this condition. Or if you have a family history, I happen to be the first one in my family line that I know of that was, di uh, that was you know, diagnosed with it, that actually presented vision loss. Nobody else in my family, although my mom is a carrier of the mutation, my sister's a carrier, and because it's hereditary, all of our kids are now our carriers. So they have the chance also of losing vision um, if you're a carrier. So again, it wasn't until I, you know, we started putting in LHON into the internet and found um, a website, LHON.org, which has a ton of information. It was started by a mom whose son was affected about eight years ago, and there was nothing on the internet. And we now have a huge global Facebook group. We have subgroups off of that. And it's really quite a big community, but it's all on the internet because there's not enough people around <laughs> to have any kind of, you know, support group or, you know, really connect. Um, I'm the only woman in San Diego that is wow. affected. Um, there's a handful of males, um, younger uh, males, which is typically who's affected. But um, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm even more unique because it, oh, wow. it's rare that it even hits women. Oh, really? So it's, so it's way more common in men. Yes, yes, it is. Um, Fifty uh, men who uh, males who are carriers, they have a fifty percent chance of losing vision mm. sometime in their life. Five oh, five oh percent. Women, ten uh, percent chance. And then when you get to a um, <clears throat> more mature age, <laughs> if you will, you're uh, because of the hormone drop postmenopausal. You then go up to fifty percent risk and that's where i was at when i was affected now how long did did the process take like from so from the very first symptom that you felt to legal blindness how long is that process that process for me was eight months 
Um, I started noticing just this little blurry spot in my right eye and thought like, oh, I just need new glasses or, you know, my windshield's dirty. I kept cleaning my windshield. <laughs> I kept cleaning my sunglasses. And then, you know, I was busy. I was, um, you know, I'm a fitness group fitness instructor. I was running a boot camp, kids going everywhere. So I really didn't pay much attention to it for about a month when then I realized it's really not going away. So really from April, of 2013 when the blur started in one eye um, all the way to September of the same year my left eye started to take effect and by um, the beginning of November the first week of November I was legally blind wow. like no like no prepare no nothing the DNA test was done um, I got that result at the end of September so I basically went through October Knowing I was diagnosed, knowing what was going on, but I, I was, I went right to denial, guys. Um, you know, denial is an awesome place to be for a while. Um, and right. I drove up until the week I was deemed legally blind. Probably shouldn't have, but I did. And yeah, so I didn't, I, because I just couldn't believe it was even happening. I just, I, I didn't prepare. I didn't know what to do. And honestly, I didn't really know. I was gonna go blind. I, I, it was like I just refused to believe that. And so, is there any cure or treatment to, you know, um, reduce LA, the reduce the speed LHON. of it? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's um, again, we all just say LHON for short. Um, there is no cure or treatment hmm. as of now, and and that's probably the hardest thing that my doctor had to say was there is no cure or treatment, and this is you know, get ready. And um, they are working on treatments right now. Uh, LHON is very fortunate to have two large pharmaceutical companies doing clinical trials right now. And they are um, doing clinical trials with folks who are affected within six months. And they're doing it by, um, you know, eye drops in the eye, I think up to a year affected, and then they're actually using, um, you know, shooting uh, needles into the eye with some sort of, it's like a virus to get back to the um, uh, cones, rods, ganglion cells, all that stuff, to try to wake up or recover the optic nerve and to stop the progression of the vision loss. And so far, it's been thumbs up. That it's it there looks like there's some really promising stuff, but again, it's only a treatment, and that's why it's so important for people to um, get diagnosed quickly because these clinical trials want you know the the new kids on the block, if you will. Yeah. They want you know somebody who's just been diagnosed, one eye affected, the other eye not, because then you have the perfect you know trial. One eye isn't, one eye is. You have your, um, you know, your test subject in one place. So they are working on it. Cure, not right now. But we are you know, hoping that something will come to life um, in the next couple of years. And, and I believe that it will, especially for the next generations who are going to be affected by this. Well, I think it's incredibly important, obviously, to get the word out about this because you know, I'm sure that a lot of people were in my boat where they've, they've just, because it's such a rare condition, they've never heard about it. 
Exactly. And, you know, that is one of the things that, you know, I try to do along with some of the other, you know, you know, pretty strong advocates in the community is that we try to educate um, neuro-ophthalmologists because those are the doctors that we end up seeing eventually because no one, no optometrist and usually no ophthalmologist even knows about this. And it's not until you get to your third, fourth, tenth doctor (laughs) and you're lucky if they've heard of it. And if they haven't, they're not even gonna test you, they're not gonna test your DNA. They're gonna go, well, yeah, you have inflammation in your optic nerve, it's you know, it's not working, it's dying, and yeah, we don't know what's wrong with you. Hmm. And you're left not knowing. And so if we can educate you know, the world or, you know, the world of um, ophthalmologists and neuro-ophthalmologists, we can get people diagnosed faster and they're not left with crazy treatments. You know, we're talking steroids in the, you know, in the jugular. We're, you know, we're talking, M- people think, people are diagnosed with MS. They say, well, you have MS because that's all we can figure out. Then they're put on MS drugs, which isn't good for someone who doesn't have MS. So there's a lot of, um, education that needs to be done and they to help folks get diagnosed quicker and that they're not put through you know this you know which can be a very very difficult um journey if you will of diagnosis and um you know so that is a big big deal it also seems to me that the other part of this is that it's it's an incredibly fast moving disease um to go from you know fully functional vision to being legally blind in eight months, I mean, that's almost akin to, you know, an, an accident where somebody loses their sight. It's it's that sudden. And so it seems to me that there needs to be a very different type of support system in place for people who, who suffer from it, um, as opposed to something like, say, macular degeneration, which is a much slower, gradually degenerative uh, eye condition that people can kind of prepare for. But when when you're losing your sight that fast, I mean, you, you really need a, a specific type of support system in place. Um, how, how, what kind of support system did you have and, and how have you found, how, or how did you find dealing with um, the disease in, in the first few months? Well, you're absolutely right. I, I completely agree. And, you know, there's been, it can happen as it can happen as quickly as a couple weeks or just a couple months. I actually was one of the luckier ones that it took that long, um, if you want to call it lucky. But um, you know, it it can be a matter of weeks, and you have these folks who are like you know, whose parents, if they're younger, you know, younger kids, because it can happen as young as say eight, but it can happen as old as folks. I know a woman in her sixties affected, like boom, done. And that type of sudden vision loss is, I mean, any kind of vision loss is devastating, but it's, it, you know, it comes out of nowhere. And especially if your family doesn't have a history of it and it's, it's devastating. And, you know, it is a different type of, um, I guess, uh, mental issue when it does happen that quickly and you don't know what you're going to do or, you know, what you should do or what's next. And all I could think of was, 
life's over. I mean, life's, that's it. Life's over. I'm going, I'm blind because by that point I kind of, you know, stop driving the whole thing. You have no time to process it at all. Like you said, macular degeneration, glaucoma, those are slow moving. You do have time to prepare, but this is, you know, it, it just happens so quick and your mind can't even catch up to it. And I think that's why I kind of went into denial that I was sure they were going to come up with something. Um, and I just, I, I just kind of fought through the thought of lose, you know, I was going blind. Nobody actually would say it to me anyway. Um, but, um, I, I struggled. I struggled once it really hit me. I think it was the day my doctor deemed me legally blind. Um, I, I struggled. It was very, very difficult. I, um, I, you know, again, I was so hopeful they were going to figure this out and I was sure they were, but there was nobody going to be able to, nobody was going to be able to save my vision. Uh, uh, looking back now, nobody was going to be able to save it. No matter how hard our, my doctors tried, nothing was going to save it. So it's, um, it, it really does I mean, it really comes out of nowhere, and um, it's it's difficult. Well, and I think, you know, this is a good place for me to jump in. Um, I'm totally blind myself, Maria, and I mm-hmm. fell asleep at the wheel and had a car accident. So I lost my sight instantaneously, woke up three days later totally blind. Mm-hmm. So I can understand, you know, I had a year of anger, frustration, denial, every emotion you could probably think of I went through. Um you know, I, I couldn't go back to the job I was going to, I was doing at the time. I couldn't ride a bike independently. I couldn't drive anymore. You know, all of those things we take for granted were gone. And, you know, trying to come to terms on your own is, is very difficult. And you have to have a, a very strong uh, support network around you. And it's only because of that support network that I was able to overcome all that anger, frustration, denial. Um, so it's very important to, mm-hmm. to have that support. Oh, absolutely. I, I'm a big proponent of support amongst the folks in the community, um, LHON community. Um, I speak to new uh, folks who are more recently diagnosed um, every week. Uh, I get kind of uh, funneled phone calls to say, Hey, you know, can you give this person a call? You know, someone's signed up, you know, or not signed up, but joined our Facebook group. You know, we have information on them. It could be, um, you know, uh, somebody's in their twenties. It could be an older woman in her forties or fifties. And I get on the phone with them and say, okay, you know, let's talk. And sometimes they do all the talking and I just go, mm-hmm, I get it. I get it. I get it. Or sometimes I need to do the talking to get them to, you know, come up and out and know they're not alone and that, you know, there are people there for them. And I had somebody do that for me in the beginning. I reached out and said, I need to speak. I need to talk to a mom, Mm -hmm. a mom with LHON in the group. And I had several women message me their number immediately. And because somebody did that for me, I, I really, really, really love to pay it forward and do that for other people that have, you know, come into this, you know, disease, you know, uh, very quickly. And I did a lot of therapy, Ryan. I 
I knew I was not going to be able to handle this myself. Um, I went, honestly, I would sit there in my room in tears thinking, this isn't going to be worth it (laughs) at all. I'm not going to be able to handle this. Why would my kids want a blind mom? How could I be a blind mom? And between us, you know, and the whole world, when they hear this, (laughs) you know, I, I was, I was going to check out. I was planning on when I was going to, you know, check out of this world because there was no way I was going to live like this. And I mean, I had, I was at the top of my game, uh, when this happened and I, you know, my business was great. I was doing, you know, I was just, I was in everything. Everything was going so great. And then this, and I thought, really? And I mean, yes, like you're saying, Ryan, the anger, the grief, the sadness, the devastation, the loss, the loss of so much that you said, you're right, we take for granted. And I just thought, I can't, I can't do it. I can't do it. And I tell you, I, luckily I was, you know, old enough to say, okay, that's not, that's not the way to go. And I decided, you know, I got to help myself because (laughs) the other, the other choice is, you know, not a possibility. I I can't do that. I can't leave my kids. Uh, I just couldn't, but it crossed my mind. And I, you know, honestly, I can understand now why people get to that point because I was there and, um, I was even thinking like, like if I wait till my kids are a certain age, like, I mean, I was like calculating it. Um, but you know, I was so messed up. I was so messed up in my mind, you know, with this whole thing. So I got into therapy pretty quickly, but the problem was I didn't get the right therapist. And I don't know if you guys have ever had that experience, but if you go talk to someone professionally who does not have a clue about, you know, dealing with people with disabilities, vision Mm -hmm. loss, then they're not, it's not helpful at all. Uh, I, I don't know if you've, again, had that experience at all, but I would leave this appointment thinking that was the biggest waste of my yeah. time. You know, these, plus I got some, you know, 20 something fresh out of school, I think too. And I went in there and I was, you know, in tears and like, what do I do? I'm trying to keep positive and I'm trying to, I'm trying to keep life normal. And, you know, I'm trying to, you know, not let anyone see that it's bothering me and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, well, sounds like you're doing all the right things. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay. You know, pl- one, I could be your mother cause you're that young Two, You know, I thought, really? I, I don't even, honestly, I don't even know what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just waking up the next day. And so she goes, well, okay, do you want a box of tissues? <laughs> I was like, oh, really? Yeah. So I, I went like once or twice more to her and then realized I was wasting my money. So one of the things I tell people when I, you know, I do, you know, I do suggest therapy, but I say you need to find the right type of therapist because it will make all the difference in the world because eventually I did. I did find somebody who understood somebody with a disability Um, she wasn't blind, but she had been living with juvenile arthritis and had been in a wheelchair since she was six years old. Mm. So, and she was also a mom, uh, with teenage kids. I'm like, 
yeah, yeah, okay, you get it, you mm-hmm. get it. This is, how do I do it? How do I do this? And she said to me, you know, when I really thought I was messing my kids up, they weren't coping well, you know, how I couldn't help them, I didn't know what to do. My daughter was 14 at the time, my son was 19. I knew that they carried the mutation. I was worried they were gonna go blind any minute. And um, she said to me, you know, you are their mother and your kids would rather have a blind mom than no mom. And I just was like, ah, wow. That hit me really, really hard in a good way because it made me realize she's right. Right. She's right. My, you know, I can't leave my kids. Um, you know, okay, I'm going to be a good blind mom. I'm going to figure this crap out. Mm -hmm. And, um, that was a real turning point for me. Um, but I did, I was in therapy for about a year and a half. I was not only in individual therapy, but I was in group therapy and, um, and that, that taught me a whole lot of things, just being in a group therapy, um, more than just getting my head screwed on. Right. But it taught me that other people are living this blind life. And so can I. Right. Yeah. And I think that that's probably, you know, one of the, one of the more important, um, aspects of therapy. I mean, I mean certainly I, I, I can only imagine, you know, processing all the emotional part of it, but there's also, you know, an informational part of it as well, because, you know, part of the assistive technology industry, part of the disability community in general is that not a lot of able-bodied people really know anything about the trials and tribulations of what somebody with a disability goes through. And they also don't know anything about, say, what assistive technology is out there. So for example, you know, if, if you're not blind and you don't work in the assistive technology field, you probably have no idea what a screen reader is. You have no idea that, you know, there are these things called CCTVs. <laughs> right, right, right. Like right. all of that stuff you don't know. So, you know, when you, when you first lose your sight, say, you just think, well, that's it. Like I, I literally can't do anything. Like I, I can't watch a movie anymore. I can't, you know, I can't, you know, there's all Read. these. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. you think that you literally there's nothing out there for you. And that's just not the case. It isn't the case. You know, it will. And now I know that. But exactly, Rob, what you said was true. I had no idea what blind people did. I didn't know any blind people. I'd never been around any blind people. You know, all I, you know, I've seen blind people in movies and quite honestly, they looked crazy, you know? I mean, it's like they're whacking their cane everywhere, you know, it's like they just look nuts. And I I think I okay, I had seen one blind person in my community, but he you know, he did walk around with his cane just everywhere. It was like he kind of jumped out of the way, which obviously you're supposed to do, but but you know, he looked a little crazy and I didn't pay much attention but you know so when I became the blind one I had no clue what to do I had no idea there was anything out there like you said assistive technology CCTVs um my I had an iPhone and pretty you know I was like well I might as well throw this away wait a minute I can't use this I can't see the screen oh what I did is I oh I was gonna solve that because almost four years ago is when the um, Android started coming out with the larger screens, right. you know, the galaxies and all that. So I knew I was going to, I was going to get a big screen phone. Yeah, that was going to work. <laughs> so I did, I went to Android 
And within a matter of a month or so, I couldn't see the screen. So anyway, long story short, I switched back to iPhone. But it was somebody. It wasn't until somebody told me about voiceover, and I'm telling you guys, right. that was about eight months later. Yeah. And you know, so I tell everyone about voiceover when I first talk to them. Not a lot because we all know that's hugely overwhelming. But I didn't know. I could do anything on my phone. And it took a while for um, me to even get any equipment. I No one told me about my State Department of Rehabilitation, which is our blind services here. Right. Nobody told me about that either. And, you know, it's, it's if you don't have the information, then you don't know what to do. They say knowledge is power. Well, I, I just did not have any knowledge. So I felt powerless. I really did. Yeah, and that's, you know, and I think that that is really one of the most important things, too, about uh, all the different disability communities online and through social media and, you know, a real attempt to engage the able-bodied community as well and bring them into the conversation is that it's important for everybody to realize that a disability you know, isn't the end of the world. Um, you know, a lot of times we've had guests on that have said things like, well, you know, if you really think about it, almost every single person on the planet at some point in their life is going to rely on some form of assistive technology, even if it's something like they broke their leg and they need crutches. Crutch, well, mm. crutches are technically an assistive technology or, you know what, you probably know somebody who wears glasses. Well, that's an assistive technology. Um, the assistive technology should really be something that's that's sort of at the forefront of the conversations that we all have together. Yeah. Well, and that's, you know, like podcasts like yours and, you know, many others, they are bringing that out. But again, if you don't know about them, then you're not going to hear it. And the Facebook groups are a huge resource for that. Again, if you don't know about it, you're not going to find right. them. Um, so it does come down to, I think, that, you know, human communication, if you will, um, where you need to help others figure it out. Um, like some, like people did for me, like I do for others now, you guys do for others, and get people on the right track, the right path to be able to, you know, you know, to to be able to live independently um, with assistive technology, not being afraid of assistive technology, right. and hopefully, you know, and hopefully learning to use assistive technology, because I can't even tell you how many people I've told about voiceover, and they just refuse to even do it. Mm -hmm. And it is difficult to learn. I was, <laughs> my son was helping me and I'm like, I'm an old dog. I can't learn this new stuff. <laughs> I mean, really? I mean, I equate it to like another language. You know, you have sign language, um, you have, um, and, and I feel like the gestures with our phones is, is a language. And, um, you know, cause <laughs> my friends will even still to this day go, why are you hitting your phone? What are you doing? And I'm all, I'm texting. I'm texting. <laughs> like, wow. And I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me a minute. You know, it's going to take me a minute. But, um, you know, I, in this, all of this stuff is, is, it's just, you know, it's kept within the community. And until you actually 
go blind, go, you know, have or have extremely poor vision for whatever reason that is not correctable, you know, you're not going to, um, you know, you're not going to see, find out any of this stuff. I was just, um, I have that conversation a lot with my friends is that I didn't know about any of this stuff when I was, you know, fully sighted. Why would I know it? Mm. Why would I know? How would we know about voiceover? I didn't know about that. And everybody's like, you mean it's already in the phone? I go, yeah, I go, you could turn it on if you wanted to. Um, who knew, you know, why would we know? That's why right. would we? And, you know, a CCTV, I was like, a sis is a what? Like, what, what, what? But when I first saw and were demoed a CCTV, you guys, literally, I started sobbing because I realized I could read again. Wow. And yep. I could see my own handwriting again. Mm. And I have um, the one that I was looking at at the time was um, it could, it would scan and then it would, you know, speech, you know, it had speech right. on it. And I was like, I mean, I just thought, you know, the heavens had opened up and dropped this thing in front of me. <laughs> I was like, oh, the angels were singing. I mean, it was like, you know, everything was glowing. And I was like, yep. I have to have this. I have to have this. Yep. And, you know, that was the number one thing that when I got hooked up with my State Department of Rehabilitation Blind Services, that was the number one thing. And I was going to get it come hell high water because, <laughs> right. you know, I do have usable, you know, yet blurry um, peripheral vision. Okay. Um, it's pretty staticky. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's grainy and blurry. But if you enlarge something really, really, really big, like a CCTV can do, I can read, you know, not fast, but you know, I can read enough and I can sign a greeting card and I can write a check and things like that. And um, boy, the day that that thing arrived at my house, oh, it was just like, yes. Yeah. You know, I felt like I got part of my life back. Yeah, it's empowering. Yeah, I mean, Ryan and I worked, you know, in, in for an assistive technology retailer for about uh, fifteen years, and uh, that was that's surprisingly common. Uh, we would have people come in. Um, a lot of times, you know, maybe they're seniors, uh, and they, you know, they and they've they've got the onset of, of macular degeneration, and they're just now learning about them. But they they would they would come into the demo room and they would sit down at, at you know, at one of the CCTVs and burst into tears because. It, it, it's got to be such an incredibly empowering feeling all of a sudden because you feel like you 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 haven't you've had this barrier in front yeah. of you and to all of a sudden be like well you know what even if it's just you know I can read my bills yeah. um, that can be such an incredibly empowering experience yes yes and, and I you know I had to ask everybody to read everything for me and yeah. and as you guys might know you know what people get tired of doing that <laughs> after yeah. a while you know whether they're family or not you know they you know they're like oh again i'm like yes again and um so that you know it really gives you into you know a part of your independence yep. back yeah. and i'm glad to hear thank you guys for telling me i'm not the only one that sat there like a sobbing fool you know oh my god i can't believe i can read <laughs> um yeah. you know that it you know is more common you know than i than i thought that you know can when people see these devices 
they're just, you know, they're, they're just dumbfounded. They're just, you know, speechless. And, you know, same with the um, portable video That's magnifiers, right. which, you know, I have two of them. And one goes, one's with me all the time. And the other one stays in my kitchen. I do have my CCTV out in my front living room all the time too. And, you know, I wrote a blog piece on the CCTV and I, one of the number one things I say is you got to have it out like easy access right. because if it's back in a bedroom, you know, or upstairs or whatever, you're, you're not going to use it, you know, because it's going to be a hassle. So I have my larger seven inch, uh, magnifier in the kitchen for quick reading. I have my CCTV set up in my front room. You know, everyone sees it when they come in, they're like, Oh, your computer's out here. I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> that's my, that's the most brilliant, beautiful machine you've ever seen. <laughs> and, um, and I demo it and people are like, Wow, I go right. I know, yeah. and um, and then uh, um, and I have my small one that's a little bit lighter weight that I take with me in case I'm caught somewhere that I need to magnify something or whatever. You know, you, you just never know. Right? Yep, you just never right. know. So, you yeah. know, but nowadays you can do a lot of that stuff on the iPhone, mm -hmm. and um, you know, I'm not even caught up on everything you can do on an iPhone um, magnification, all that kind of stuff. Well, you know, it's funny in a lot of ways right now. I mean, it, it is one of the best times probably in human history to actually have a disability because with the technology where it's at now, um, there are a lot less barriers these days than mm -hmm. there used to be, even, you know, 20 years ago. Yep. Um, oh, yeah. You know, touchscreen yeah. technology and, and, and smartphone technology has really leapfrogged um, assistive, assistive technology forward. And it's it's it is really amazing um, at the stuff that's even coming down the pipe uh, right now. Like, look at yeah. um, Microsoft just came out with uh, an app called Seeing AI. A seeing AI. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. I, I downloaded it that morning that they <laughs> announced it. And um, my my son was over here and he's the one that said, hey, mom, you know, and my kids are great. They're always looking for, you know, things that will help me, which is awesome. And he's like, hey, mom, let me let me get it on your phone for you, whatever. He can do it like 50 times quicker. And uh, so we were we're playing around with it around the house. And sure enough, you know, we held it up to my uh, a cat, black and white cat it was on the counter and it black and white cat on a counter. It said, <laughs> I was like, you are kidding me. Now here's the problem guys. Here's the problem with that. I have found one glitch with seeing AI is that, you know, the person recognition, yeah, it's um, not there yet. The, the age thing is a problem. Yeah. Right. <laughs> The age thing, you know, it actually said I was four months older than I was. And I was what? not happy. <laughs> I, I was not happy at all. <laughs> and um, I'm thinking, you know, they really needed to reprogram that to be if you're if you see female, you go 10 years younger, automatically <laughs> 10 years younger, you know. So oh. it said, I mean, everyone knows um, I'm 53 and it said I was 54. What? I'm like. I'm not gonna be 54 till next month. It's only, it's only a version one. Give it some time. I know exactly. I know, like somebody put in the complaints, complaints. You know? yeah, um, but it said blonde, neutral face. So at least it didn't say you know old bag or something. You know, jeez. But um, yeah. So, um, but but it, I mean, it's incredible. Accurate. I have to say, pretty accurate because it was pretty close to the right age. But um, I think that that app 
is a game changer. And I was just thinking this morning, because I saw KNFB Reader put something out on Twitter, and they're mm-hmm. like, hey, hey, don't you know our app will <laughs> read a document to you? Hey, wait, look at us. We're over here. And I'm like, oh, some of these other apps might be a little scared right now. Well, well and you have to keep in mind, too, that you know Microsoft is a version one. KNFB Reader has been out for a while. It's designed for somebody who's blind, so it will give you tilt guidance. It'll help you get your document in frame so you can actually take a proper picture and get higher accuracy. And it's not such a battery drain like seeing AI is at this point in time. Mm-hmm. So yeah. once seeing yeah. AI gets to the point where you know they've got the battery issues sorted out and the accuracy level for the OCR is higher, then yeah, I think stuff like TapTapC and KNP Reader, some of these other apps are are going to realize that they have to change the way they're doing things or at least lower their prices. Um, yes. Yeah. You yeah. Know, you po- can't beat free. No. <laughs> and, it's hard. And from what I've I've read and, and other podcasts I've been on, you know, the barcode reading app is, is huge. It actually gives you the beep, beep, beeps to tell you you're getting closer and then actually recognizes the device or the can or the item or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, standalone barcode readers like the ID Mate. Uh, you know, their dedicated devices, they're $1,000. Right. So yeah. this will be a game changer. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, it's not even the only game in town because Google has Google Lens coming down the pipe, too. Yeah. That's that's something very similar to this. Um, so a, a competition is great. The more stuff that's out there, then if they want to compete against each other to try to make something that's going to work phenomenally for for people with visual impairments and everybody in general, because in the, yeah. in the long run, all this technology benefits everyone, yes. which is the great thing yes. about it. And you know, I, I, people have said to me, and I'm sure you guys have heard this too as well, it's a great time to be blind because you have so much <laughs> great technology. And I'm like, yeah, okay, I get what you're trying to say, but um, it's true, it's true. And, and as you were saying, I have spoken to folks who have been affected with LHON, 30, 40 years, and gosh, they had nothing. That's right. Nothing. And um, they had um, a gentleman I just uh, had speak at one of the conferences I put on. He was in law school, and he's been effective for about 45 years. And at the local convent, the nuns would actually come and read the books for him. Oh my gosh. And, you know, I'm like, wow, you know, and, and, you know, they had people just read them to you. There was no, they didn't record them, this or that. He said, eventually came where you could send a whole set of textbooks. You'd have to buy a second set. You could send them somewhere. And in about three months, you would get the recordings back. But I'm like, well, school's already started. So, (laughs) you know, maybe that didn't work so well. But, you know, I I am grateful for technology. I really, I am so grateful for it because I certainly wouldn't be where I am today. And I'm only, like I said, about four years into this whole thing. I would not be where I am. And And I don't even know the half of the technology that's out there. I'm the type that kind of learns, uses, uses what I, you know, what, what part of it I need and I kind of move on, you know? Um, and I just wasn't super techie before. So, you know, I, I'm not really techie now. Yeah. That was always, you know, when we were at the assistive technology retailer, uh, you know, that was always one one of the challenge about marketing the products that we sold was that they're really, they're products that nobody really wants to think about 
or feels the need to think about until the day they actually need it or you know they know somebody who needs it so yeah it's it's a bit of an invisible industry i mean it's changing now um because accessibility in general is becoming part of a larger conversation mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. uh yeah it was it was a challenge well yeah and you get a lot of older folks i um i actually helped a volunteer at uh, the Braille Institute here in San Diego. And it's not just a place to learn Braille because everyone thinks I go there for Braille, but I don't. Um, They do, of course, they have iPad classes, iPhone, cooking, you know, all the independent living skills type stuff, plus enrichment classes if you want to knit no thank you or if you want to do arts and crafts and you know stuff like that but i have been volunteer i've been volunteering in the um iphone ipad class and i'm not that great but you have a lot of seniors who are in there have never touched an ipad you know never a lot of them don't have iphones because that's a little much but you know they have their ipad and you know they just it's just difficult for them. They've, yeah. they've never been exposed to that kind of technology, but here, this is the one way they're gonna be able to communicate with the world. Yeah. So it is very trying if uh, you're not um, you know, flexible or have had any contact with technology per se, because even the older folks, a lot of them don't even use computers. Right. So then you throw them an iPad and they're like, what? What, what is this? So, you know, we're teaching them how to turn it on. I mean, that's how basic, um, you know, we get with them. So, but it's so great when you actually, you know, you can feel their, you know, the, the light bulbs turning on when you, when they finally get it and, um, you know, they just want to be able to communicate with their grandchildren or their children and, and things of that sort. But, um, I mean, they're not going to be probably using a lot of the apps, but, you know, just to be able to um, to email or take a photo or you know something like just basics. Right. So let me ask you this: over the over the past say four years, um, how important has the role of say social media and the different online communities and even you you know we we mentioned your blog we haven't really talked much about it but even say blogging or the podcasting. How big of a role was that in your recovery? Huge, huge. I, um, in those beginning, you know, early stages where I was thinking, what am I going to do? Um, you know, what, what can I still do? I, um, I knew I had, I I just knew there was something that I was going to do with this, you know, call it like the universe was like, okay, here, you're at the top of your game, you're strong, you're an independent woman, blah, blah, blah. So here, here's this. Let's see how you handle this. Let's see what you do with this. And I kind of had that, you know, you know, that thought. And I thought, well, you know, you know, no one would expect anything less of me than to just take this and go, okay, world, here we come, and I'm gonna be involved. And Getting involved, be it my blog or in the community or talking with others, reaching out, having other people talk to me, going to local um, blind organizations here in San Diego, didn't want to go, but I knew it was the good, it was a good thing for me. Um, all of those things helped carry me through, you know, this, uh, this, you know, path I was on, which could have gone, you know, I could have gone way off the deep end, but because I, I brought things 
into my life that was going to keep me going the right direction. I never stopped teaching my fitness classes either through my diagnosis and through, you know, being going legally blind. I never quit teaching and I, you know, I have these very, very supportive friends that surround me and you bring that all into play and you can't help, but, you know, keep going on each day, once one foot in front of the other, right. you know, um, one accomplishment, you know, at a time, baby steps, you know, a lot of that kind of thing. So, you know, keeping involved, which I've always been that type of person, I'm an extrovert, I know, shocker. <laughs> but, um, you know, that has, being an extrovert actually, I think, saved me from the deep end, if you will, because you know, I, I just couldn't sit back and not figure this out. I, I knew I just had to. So, you know, all of these outlets, again, organizations, blogging, podcasting, um, those all just, you know, was part of my, um, transformation, if you will, reinventing myself, right. um, as, as somebody living with, you know, blindness, I, I had to reinvent. And, um, you know, I, I think I've done a pretty good job so far. <laughs> so when you first started up the blog, then was it was it more for yourself? And is yes. is the mandate a little different now? Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I always wanted to blog. And when I was, you know, at the height of, you know, all my health and fitness, and that was all my life, and I was going to do a health and fitness blog. Perfect. Awesome. Let's do it. Well, I just never did. And I was too busy. I didn't have time. So after I, um, you know, lost vision, I, you know, I was, I was big on social media, uh, prior to vision loss. And I was, you know, kind of writing what was going on on my Facebook and things. And, but I knew I, you know, I didn't want to be one of those people that like threw out all their business on Facebook. And we all know, we all have people in our <laughs> Facebook that does that. <laughs> yep. And you kind of start scrolling <laughs> past going, oh God, there she goes again. Please scroll, 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 you know, block, whatever. Um, I didn't want to be that person because I, you know, I didn't like those types on my Facebook. So I didn't want to be that. So I thought, well, wait a minute. If I created a blog then I could write as much and as long and as, you know, whatever I wanted to write on a blog. And then I could just link it to my Facebook. You know, I could just, you know, put a link. And if people wanted to go read more, they could click and go to my blog site. It wouldn't be clogging up everybody's newsfeed. Right. So that's really the initial reason, you know, why I started it is that I really had something to say. I was headed into this unexpected life unexpectedly and it was a little bit therapeutic and you know like you said I kind of did it for myself to begin with but again it was part of that little something in the back of my mind that was you need to do something with this and I thought well give, let's give it a shot why not and a good friend of mine uh, actually helped design my blog for me. She is a designer and she did it for free, which I was so grateful because no way I could have done it. And I wrote that first blog January 2014, just a couple months after I was um, diagnosed. And I published it and held my breath. 
and went, oh gosh, what have I done? What have I done? And everyone loved it. They loved it. They're like, thank you for putting it out there. We had no idea. Or thank you for putting it into words or, you know, whatever it was. And and I thought, this is kind of cool. I think I'll do another one. And I did. And um, in the beginning, they were really emotional, um, more or less you know, what I was going through emotionally, mentally, um, some really dark blogs, you know, the storms, like Brian, you were saying that, you know, the anger, the grief, the loss, the sadness, devastation, despair, uh, all of that and more. And I wrote a lot about that. And I, sometimes I didn't want to publish those <laughs> blogs, but I did. And those were some of my most popular blogs because people were like, yes, thank you. You know, thank you for letting us know what it's really like. And, you know, I I can be sassy and fun and funny and all that stuff on the outside. But people really want to know, you know, what, how you doing? What are you going through? And not to be nosy, but it's, they just want to know the real deal. And I was, I put it out there, real deal. And, you know, I, I didn't hold back on the colorful language, if you will, um, <laughs> because if it, it, you know, cause I was dictating everything at the time, I right. dictated everything. And I just, I just talked it. And if, if an F-bomb came out, an F-bomb came out and, you know, it right. wasn't overly, prof- you know, it wasn't overly colorful, but you know, I, when people started reading it, they started to relate to it if they were also blind right. or visually impaired, but also folks that weren't blind or visually impaired, but knew somebody that was started to understand what it was like for mm-hmm. us to, for us and what it was like to not only lose vision, but to live life with vision loss. So, you know, I was hitting two audiences and you know, two for one, if you will. And, you know, mothers of children who were being affected by LHON and going, thank you for letting me know what my son or daughter is going through. Cause I just had no idea or folks who were already, you know, blind by LHON or anything else. Cause you know, it's really, you know, it's not a just LHON blog. They said, thank you, you know, for, for putting that in words. And now I can share it so that my friends and family know this is what it's like. And, you know, I went, okay, all right, that's, this is useful here. Um, I'm going to keep going. So my, the question you were saying is, has it changed a little bit? And yes, it has, because now that I'm a little more confident in what I'm writing about and, um, you know, I think being three or four, you know, three, almost four years into it, you know, I kind of have a clue now of what's going on. And so now I do almost more educational blogs at times, you know, like, you know, never assume certain things about people who are blind or, um, you know, things we shouldn't have to justify to people. Um, and they're all based on my experience. You know, my blog is not a one size fits all. It's based on my experience. It's my personal deal. Although as many people who'd like to come out and say, you're wrong. I'm like, no, no. Cause that happened to me. Um, I, um, and I love to share other people's stories as well. I've highlighted a few folks, um, on my blog at the same time, but my blog is, it's kind of grown with me and it's matured and I actually don't use any profanity anymore. Well, (laughs) maybe one word here and there, but, um, you know, I cleaned it up and I guess I cleaned it up. I picked it up, dusted it off. And now it's, you know, it's just it's matured 
and it's grown with me. And, um, you know, it's so far, I think there's 80 blogs on there, eight zero, which right. I was kind of like, whoa, I've been busy. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, and some are winners, some aren't, but you know what? It's, it's not about that. It's about, you know, if it, if one person says, wow, thank you. Um, I, I thank you for putting this out. Then, then it was worth me, you know, spending hours and hours on. Yep. Yeah, and you know what? That's that's much how we feel about this podcast as well. Uh, you know, we we're the same way. If if one person gets one thing out of each episode, that's good enough. Good enough for us. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure when you first started the podcast, it was kind of like, yeah, we could do a little better next time. <laughs> oh, oh, trust us. It was a yeah. shit show. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what are we doing? Oh, we had no clue. So, and right. you know what? I would argue that we still there, we still have shit shows on occasion. Oh, for sure. But, oh, yeah. But. I still have shit blogs, too. You know, like, really? I only got like three people looking at it. <laughs> Only four shares. What the hell? Wait, you're oh, getting. Okay. Th- wait, wait, wait. She's getting three or four shares. How do we do that? Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> exactly. That's right. I'm going for five or six, guys. I'm, right. I'm going. I got goals. Hashtag goals here. That's right. But um, and then I'll have another blog. Like there's one I um I kind of just reshared in the last day. It's um seven things you should never assume about a blind person at a social gathering, and that's had over two thousand shares. Wow. So you know, then I can have like the real winner. I'm like, yeah. And of course, it's, you know, if it gets picked up and shared by larger organizations, that's always a huge bonus. So, um, you know, um, and it helps that I'm also associated with the RNIB in the UK. Um, I do radio for them every week. Oh, really? So, yeah. Okay. um, Tell us a little bit about that. Well, for the longest time, I wasn't on Twitter. Um, I never really understood Twitter. You know, Twitter was like what my kids did. And I was like, oh, it's too complicated. Well, Girl Gone Blind got on Twitter and Girl Gone Blind had to like just figure Twitter out because Twitter can be a great platform as well. And I'm still not a great at it, but I do what I can. And RNIB Connect Radio found me on Twitter and, and messaged me and said, hey, we're looking for some new you know, content, new contributors. Would you be interested? And I waited about a three seconds and said, uh, yes, <laughs> yes, I'll do it. They're like, well, it's not paid. I'm like, I don't care. I don't care. This sounds awesome. So I ended up, um, going on there as a weekly segment on their morning mix as a group, a legally blind group fitness instructor, put it that way. And I was doing fitness segments and I would do kind of audio described, um, workouts you know, hints about health and fitness and exercise and what can you do at home? Because a lot of folks who are uh, blind, visually impaired, they they don't get out much. Yep, and, right. they, and, you know, they can't get to a, a fitness center or a gym. So what could they do at home? And that was kind of the main um, goal was to help folks who listen to this segment and then they podcast everything that they could, you know, maybe do some movement and exercise in their own home. So that's what it started to be. And I did about, oh, about 14 episodes of that. And then it, then it turned into chatting with Girl Gone Blind. Now, you know, we can talk about anything. It's not just fitness related, although I throw some of those in every now and again. Right. So every week I uh, pre-record a segment that can be, again, about a blog that I just wrote, maybe a specific situation that just happened. Um, You know, it can be about anything. And it 
plays out every Thursday um, in the UK uh, around 12 noon. So that's been that's been great. It's given me some great exposure in the UK, and um, I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, if I could do it five days a week, I absolutely would. It's really really fun. Now I, I believe you also do some podcasting as well. Yes, I. I uh, joined up with another gentleman who also is affected with LHON in Chicago, and he came up with an idea to do a podcast, you know, for the LHON community. Now I've been thinking about podcasting a while for a while myself, but you know, I was like, oh, you know, one more thing I don't know how to do, but I want to. So he uh, asked if I would start co-hosting with him. And I thought, well, yeah, you know, this is a great opportunity. And so I joined him about three episodes in. He'd already named it. It's called the LHON Report. He had already kind of got everything going on it. And I jumped in and we just became this team. And we have, I think, 30 episodes out now um, with many more to still record. Kind of on a break right now. But um, we, we do... We actually have guests on that are people in the LHON community that we think are, you know, interesting guests. And we've had people on from, uh, uh, let me say, Spain, from the UK, from um, Germany, Brazil. And, you know, so again, we're getting kind of that international flavor. You know, there's there's more, you know, there's affected people all over the world, not just, you know, in our little, you know, U.S. And so we do that, uh, uh, an interview podcast at least once a month. And then we do kind of an organic podcast where it's just, you know, what Marie and Brian want to talk about. Or maybe we saw something, you know, how it goes. You just kind of start talking and see what happens. Right. And um, sometimes those, you know, end up being like the best podcast that you just, <laughs> you know. <laughs> As you know, just like you go on these random, you know, tangents and stuff. But um, that's been really, really fun. I've learned a lot. I learned I learned a lot from RNIB Connect Radio that I could bring to podcasting. Um, and then I've learned a lot, again, just through the podcast. And I do love, love, love doing it. And I've been guests on a lot of podcasts. I think podcasts are great. One, they're audio. Hello. And uh, <laughs> I think they're fantastic. And... I made a commitment to uh, another friend of mine who's also a podcaster. I said, you know, I really want to do Girl Gone Blind podcast. And, you know, but I'm, you know, just just little old me who, who's not very technical. But, um, you know, I really, really, really do want to start my own podcast. And um, I'm hoping I'm hoping I can do that, you know, pretty soon. I have a lot of uh, folks who are willing to help. Um, and I know you know, there's a lot of blind podcasters out there. I mean, there's, there's gotta be a way to do it. So, you know, just one of the many things I have on my list of things I want to do. Um, but I always kind of pull myself back and say, you know, you got the one podcast going, you know, I've got, you know, some guest podcast stuff lined up, baby steps, Maria, you know, baby steps. And, you know, I, I'm always comparing myself to what other people are doing, other blind bloggers, other podcasts. And I'm always like, oh, I should be doing that. And I should be doing this. And I said to myself one day, and I've used it with for other people, 
is that, you know, the blind guy that hiked Mount Kilimanjaro, <laughs> you know what? Yeah. <laughs> he started by learning how to cross the street, yep. a lot, you know, at one point. He started by learning how to go to the bank by himself. Mm -hmm. He started by learning how to, you know, he got in an Uber car at once, you know, once by himself, you know, and, and uh, got through those fears, you know, one step at a time, you know, this sure. is a complete adjustment to a whole new life. And, but I go in my back in my, my, my sighted brain is, well, come on, let's go. Come on. What's the problem? Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, it's not that easy. You know, I, I'm still learning every day. Um, I, I'm still, you know, I've got, you know, I still have these goals and these things I want to do, but you know, getting there just takes a lot longer now, you know, with, with a visual impairment. Yep. Well, you know what? Uh, not to offer Ryan's help, but <laughs> if you ever, it, Ryan's, Ryan's in charge of the entire audio setup for us. So <laughs> if you ever have any questions, shoot him an email. I'm Absolutely. sure that uh, he'd be happy to, to answer any questions you got as well. Oh, thanks, Ryan. No <laughs> oh, wait. Um, yeah, thanks, thanks. Ryan. <laughs> Anytime. Yeah. Right, yeah. Well, you know what I have found that um, other um, bloggers and podcasters have, you know, are really, really um, forthcoming with information. You know, we're all in this together. That's right. Um, you know, we are. And we, you know, it's, it's helping those who... Like we were saying in the beginning, you know, looping back here, bringing knowledge to those who don't know. And if it's, you know, I don't know much about podcasting, but, you know, I'm getting that knowledge from other people um, because, you know, I, I think I have something good to offer. You know, I mean, um, everyone's offering something different, but, you know, it's, you know, it's offering help on an iPhone, offering help on a podcast I just got off the phone yesterday morning with a gal in the UK who wants to start her own blog. And she was so thrilled that I was willing to spend the time with her. And I'm like, well, of course, I mean, why not? Right. And, you know, but she, she told me she'd reached out to many blind bloggers and nobody would respond to her. I'm like, wow, really? But, you know, I don't look at them as competition. I look at it as like, Heck yeah, you know, you go, you blind mom. Let's let's blog, you know. Yeah. And um, because she has a different point of view, um, she's gonna have a different point of view, um, different things to offer, but um, you know, all all good, just the same. All all really important stuff. The the more voices that are in the conversation, the louder the community can be, the better off in the long run. That's kind of it's all like networking, right? You know, our listeners are gonna hear about Girl Gone Blind. And probably check out, you know, your website, Maria, or your blog or your podcast. Then they might hear about the LHON and go, wow, you know, I know somebody dealing with that. Um, they might go to the RNIB Radio Connect and find information there. There's room for all of us in this in this space. Yep. Yeah, well, and there is. And, and when somebody, you know, loses vision, no matter how they lose it, you know what? They are looking for folks like us. You know, uh, they are. I, that's, well... Going from experience, again, I was, I was, and the more you can find it, you know, the better, um, <clears throat> you know, the more you can find the better. And, um, you know, not everyone's going to be your cup of tea either. So the more cups of tea out there, <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the better. But I can't say, I have to say, I've never run into a podcast or been on a podcast I didn't like. So, you know, I, um, you know, maybe just me, but um, everyone I've, 
come into contact with in the podcasting world and the blogger world have just been just great and very supportive, really, really great community of people. It is. And I mean, we, we've had the very same experience. I mean, we've, we've, you know, established relationships and reached out to, to quite a few different, um, kind of related podcasts. Uh, and everybody has just been amazing. And, uh, it, it is really a great community to be a part of, and we're, we're proud to be a part of it. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, you know, I say, you know, it's a great community, but it's a community I never wanted to be in, <laughs> but I'm glad that I am. And all the, the friends that I have met along the way, you know, I didn't want to be friends with any of them. I mean, no, why would I want to be friends with all these blind people? But I am so glad I am. And, you know, the number one thing that I, when people say, hey, what do you, what's a piece of advice you would give to somebody that's just lost vision or is losing vision? And my advice is for them to reach out yes. when they're ready, because not everyone's ready to talk, you know, from the get go. But when they're ready is reaching out, message somebody, um, contact one of your organizations, um, find Facebook groups. There's a Facebook group for everything, okay? Right. So there's probably a Facebook group for, you know, whatever eye condition or a disability that you might have. And find people that are your tribe. You need to find your tribe because um, they're gonna understand you and support you like nobody else, nobody. And I, I'm sure you guys have found that to be true as well. Yep. My family's great. My friends are great. Wouldn't trade them, well, most of them for the world. <laughs> <laughs> but there is nothing like getting on the phone or in person with somebody else who has some sort of visual impairment or is totally blind to understand where I'm coming from. I understand where they're coming from and we support each other. We, you know, you help each other, you give each other knowledge and news. And, you know, that's, I started taking the, um, we have the paratransit here, which is, you know, the access bus for people with disabilities. And I did not want to get on that bus. There is, I just did not want to get on that bus. I was scared. I had fears that this bus driver is going to drive me off to God knows where I wouldn't be able to, you know, pick him out in a lineup if I tried. <laughs> and I thought, you know, well, you know, I, this is too scary, but everybody else, you know, at one of the community centers that I go to, they were all doing it. I'm all, if they're doing it, why can't, maybe I should. And, and they gave me all the information and they were giving me all the tips and tricks about riding this bus. And I'm like, okay, you know what? And I got on the darn bus and now I ride the bus. So, but if it wasn't for them, you know, and this is again, folks in the blind community, I would never have gotten on that bus. Somebody, you know, my sighted family, they can say, you need to ride that bus, you know, cause they're sick of driving me or something. You need to get on that bus. And I would be, I would push back. I'd be like, you're not gonna tell me what to do cause I'm not ready and you don't have to do it with vision loss. You're not gonna tell me what to do. And it almost made me not wanna ride the bus. So, you know, but it wasn't until I had people that really understood my fear fully that, you know, I thought, you know what? Okay. I'll take their word for it, <laughs> you know, cause they, they seem pretty, you know, legit. So, um, you know, that's, that's how I got to start doing a lot of things was, you know, was, was by reaching out and asking those questions, like, how do you ride the bus or, you know, how do you do that app or how do you do that on your phone? That's the only way you're going to find this stuff out. 
Well, and, you know, thank goodness we have the Internet now. You know, there's oh, so much yeah. information out there. You can, you can ask Google. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you can ask Google. I mean, I mean, vision, vision loss or not, you know, hey, the Internet is an amazing thing. And, and that's another way that so many people can be connected, especially when you have a rare condition. Right. That is really the only way that sometimes you meet folks is through the Internet. And um, like I said, doing the RNIB um, Connect Radio, the gal that I do um, the show with, with, we have gotten to be very, very close friends. And, you know, it never met her. We just talk over, you know, over Skype and we record together. But I feel like she's as close as like a sister to me. Um, and hopefully I can meet someday. Just, you know, got to get myself over to Scotland. But, you know, <laughs> someday, <laughs> someday. Nice. But, um, but you know, that's the beauty of the Internet. It, it really, really is. Yeah. Um, and yeah. again, thankful for that as well yep yeah absolutely and i mean and social media you just really can't overstate the importance of, of social media in terms of building being able to build these communities and giving people with disabilities a voice that otherwise you would have we've never heard so yep. yeah it's pretty yeah. amazing it's a it's a it's a good time to be around yeah, it is. It is. It is. And I, you know, I was thrilled to know that I could get back onto social media like I was before, but I'm just, I'm back on social media, you know, for a lot of different reasons now. Um, you know, I sometimes on those Facebook memories, you know, they come back and like, oh, five years ago, seven, <laughs> you know, I almost make myself sick. So I'm like, really, Maria, how much, how much can you really talk about fitness? You were just, I mean, I'm making myself sick now and I should have really apologized to people. <laughs> Say, I'm so sorry. I was throwing fitness in your face like daily, but now it's not all about that. There's so many more important things to me now, although I still teach classes, you know, two, uh, four times a week. There's so much more important things for me to do now. And, you know, social media is helping me to do that. Um, through the blog, through, you know, finding out about podcasts, um, through Twitter, through, you know, um, Instagram and stuff like that. And there's some amazing Don't... YouTube channels out there as well. A lot oh, of, right. a lot YouTube. of YouTube. Yes. yes, yes. YouTube. And, you know, people say, well, if you can't really see, how do you do YouTube? I'm all, well, okay. You can listen, you know? So, um, and I mean, when people first learn about voiceover, I tell someone about to someone new into the community about voiceover. And I say, look, just go into, go on the computer, type in voiceover 101, you know, YouTube video. And there's like a hundred thousand of them and just listen, just get a feel for what voiceover is. And I send that to the internet first, Apple store later, but, um, you know, there's a lot of tutorials yeah. on there and, um, you know, I mean, a lot of good, I, a lot of good YouTubers. I mean, a lot of good YouTubers yeah. and, um, you know, a lot of them doing products that we may not have heard of. Um, it was the guy who does, um, the blind spot. He was, um, his name's Sam, I think right. he was just doing a thing on the fidget spinner. You know, everyone, <laughs> he's like, he wants to know like how accessible is a fidget spinner. It was kind of, you know, it was pretty funny, but you know, it's it's yeah. pretty accessible, there is you know. A, even Tommy, and he kind of said even for small kids, you know, everyone, all these kids had fidget spinners. But even if your child is, you know, blind, visually impaired, they can still play with a fidget spinner, yep. you know. So it can be something as simple as that, or you can go all the way to like, you know, eSight, OrCam, um, mm -hmm. yeah, Ira, sure. Google sure. Glass, you know, whatever. Sure, and there, so, there's a lot of great channels out there that are that are, you know, uh, like look at Tommy Edison's channel. I mean, it's a great yeah. channel. 
you know, it's sort of educational, sort of entertaining. Molly Burke has a great YouTube channel. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, uh, there's so many great channels out there that, and the importance of them really is to, is for an opportunity for, you know, say blind uh, YouTubers to sort of give able-bodied people, you know, a view of what their life is like and to answer questions that they're curious about. So it's, you know, yeah. they're, they're, yeah. they're so great. No, and you're right. You're right. And again, it, you know, going back with the blog is that the um, giving people a view into this unexpected life, the like you said, the YouTubers giving the able bodied community a view into blind life. Um, again, before I lost vision, I just I just had no idea. I mean, no idea. And um, you know, I just didn't even know all this all this social media, all this stuff um, that you can find on the internet, you know, why would I look at that? But nowadays with there being so much more of it, now you might just come across it yep. because somebody shared it, That's you know, right. on, on a platform of, of such, you know, and Tommy Edison, he's hysterical. He I is, mean, he's he is, hilarious. And um, he was one of the first YouTube channels that I hit on, you know, in the early days. And I was just like, okay, this guy's making blindness funny yep and you know i love i love a good sense of humor that's one of the senses that you know i definitely didn't lose <laughs> and you know it it got hidden for a while but it's you know it came back and you know he um you know he puts the lighter side on things and thought like you know we need to see the lighter side of blindness sometimes yep. um or a lot of times really yeah. and um one of the ones of my favorite ones was you know tommy was blind since birth but then he had christine ha you know the yes. um she's <laughs> yeah. a blind chef, chef. Yep. she had i don't know if you saw that when she was on we and did. she lost vision at a later age and i loved the questions to you know if you're blind since birth, it's this. And if you're blind later in life, it's this. Because there's there's a big difference. There is. Um, in that as well. And I've gotten in many conversations, um, some good, some bad, <laughs> with um, folks who um, are been blind since birth. And um, usually by the end of our conversation, we're best friends. So, you know, <laughs> but, you know, I mean, you come down to the whole driving thing and they're like, you're so lucky you got to drive. And I'm like, yeah, but you never had it ripped away from you like a <laughs> Band-Aid, you know. Um, and, you know, so it's just a different kind of loss. That's what we kind of, you know, That's right. let's just agree. It's a different type of loss. You saw your friends getting their licenses and that was your loss. Mine was, oh yeah, you're never driving again. That was my loss. And um, so, you know, again, um, you can always come to an agreement at some point, you know, um, uh, when you're talking with someone who was born blind, but Tommy does put a great spin on everything. And it is interesting to see when, you know, he'll do drawings like, okay, what do you think the cat looks like? You know, he's felt a cat, but, <laughs> but it right. looks like he'll draw one and he's like <laughs> some mutant turtle, you know? <laughs> and, you know, but it is interesting even to me, like, wow, because that's what it would be like. Sure. I, I, you know, I, that wasn't my situation. Well, and I think the important part of channels like his especially is that it engages both sides into a conversation, you know, and it's it's educational for everybody, you know, it's not just yeah. aimed at say, you know, this this is a YouTube channel. It's basically just for blind people, and we're, you know, right. it's it's for everybody. And I think that that at the end of the day, that's that's the real importance of social media is that you know it brings everybody into a conversation and everybody can learn about you know each other's side. 
Yeah, yeah, it, it's totally true. And I know that, you know, I have, you know, you know, like 1,000 of my closest friends, you know, on my Facebook that I have, you know, educated by, you know, by losing vision, I have educated them on vision loss. Um, and, you know, and with, you know, not just, you know, even just my personal page, but even, you know, of course, Girl Gone Blind page, um, you know, I have educated, so, you know, so many people by, you know, having something that's, you know, quite honestly tragic in my life, but I've turned it around and say, you know what, this is what it's like. And, you know, yes, in the beginning, it was like uh, the most horrible thing that could ever happen. But now it's like, yeah, I've taken this horrible thing that was, you know, thrown at me. And now I'm kind of like, you know what, I'm making a life out of it. And, you know, people are getting exposed to it. Um, you know, the white cane, they're exposed to the white cane. Now no one's not all freaked out when they see me with my white cane because I've, ex I've ex educated them on it. I've exposed them to it. And that's also been part of my job too, is to educate my friends and family on how to help me. Uh, Cause right. nobody knew. And well, you know, I didn't know either, but um, that's, it's part of the learning process, part of the big curve. Maria, you know, I, I have more questions and topics, but I feel like we could probably talk for another two hours easily. So, you know what? Maybe we'll just we'll just have you on again. Absolutely, absolutely. It's it's not uh, unheard of for me to go on for a few hours for sure. But you know, um, I, I do find that with um, other folks who are um, in our same situation, um, I you know, there's just a great connection, and I don't know how to explain it, but there's a connection. Um, that's not like, you know, with my, you know, just my girlfriends that I've had forever. It's different. Yeah. So I will absolutely come back on. You just name the day and time. Okay, I'm fantastic. In. I'll I'll talk to Ryan and, and he'll set something up. But before we do let you go, though, uh, so where, where can, can people, people find you? Hey, <laughs> Ryan. Oh, yeah. Hey, Jinx. I'm stealing my thunder. <laughs> uh, well, hey, okay, um, here I go. Okay, you both want me to say it. Um, well, okay, you can find my blogs at girlgoneblind.com. You can also find my Facebook page at girlgoneblind. And you can find me on Twitter at girl underscore gone underscore blind. And on my blog site, there is a tab that is uh, called podcasts. And if you click on that, you can find all the podcasts and the radio uh, segments that I've done, as well as um, I have uh, listed other blogs and podcasts and YouTube channels that I thought were um, interesting and uh, that might be of interest to other people. So definitely check it out if you're looking for, you know, some other resources. And do you have anything on your site, um, uh, informational sites, say on uh, LHON? Yes. I also have a tab that uh, says about LHON and it does, you know, click on that. You will get a description of what LHON is and also a couple of different websites that people can click on to find out even more information about it. Fantastic. And we'll make sure that we link to you as well in our show notes. Thank you. Thanks, guys. I really had a good time. Thank you so much for coming on. This is, it was an absolute pleasure having you. Uh, terrific. Well, I look forward to the next time. That sounds good. Okay, Maria, you take care. Okay. Bye. Right, bye bye. Ah, that was that was fun. She's got a lot, lot, lot to say, a lot She's, of information. And it's a lot of good stuff. A lot this, of experience. Wow. I'd never heard of this LHON. No, me either. Um, wow. 
Wow, as if as if there's not enough eye degenerate, you know, degenerative <laughs> eye diseases out there. That's right. You gotta have another one. F that. <laughs> well, there's probably others we haven't heard of yet either. Yeah, I so suppose so. We'll find them. <laughs> <laughs> we'll find something with them and have them. On That's day. right. <laughs> no, it's always awesome to to hear from another blogger and podcaster, and especially you know what what was really especially poignant with her was you know, hearing some of the darker mm -hmm. parts of her life and just how she sort of fought through it using social media and, and using the the blogging and the podcasting. I mean, it's... You don't hear about a lot of the raw emotion that people go through. Yeah. Um, and I mean, that's, I like, that's, I think that's so important in terms of blogging. I mean, those are the best blogs or people who are documenting their own journey through any particular... Um, you know, whether it's a, uh, it's a chronic illness or if it's a disability yep. or if it's recovery, um, it's so important for other people to be able to l go back to the blog and, and, and share their journey with them, especially if that's something that they're going through at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. So they can look and say, this person, you know, this person fought through it and here's what they went through and I'm going through the same thing. I can get to where that person is today. Yep. Well, they've always said knowledge is power, right? So the more knowledge we have on, on any given topic, the more powerful we are in our daily lives. That's for sure. I believe so. I believe it, so it is. Yes, indeed. Hey, Ryan. Rob. Where can people find us? Well, other than the Guitar Dungeon, they can find us online at www.atbanter.com. They can also email us if they so desire. If they plug into their little address bar and they put atbanterpodcast at gmail.com. Boom. Thank you. <laughs> Saves the day. They can also find us on Twitter. They can find us on Facebook. And on YouTube. And Instagram and YouTube. I said YouTube. Did you? Yeah. Excellent. Well, you know what, my friend? I think that's going to take us to the end of this episode. We should ask us, ask us, we should ask our audience again if they have a chance to go and rate us. Yes, please do. iTunes or Google Play Music or Stitcher. Whatever you're using. Absolutely. We would appreciate it. All right, everybody. That's going to do it for us. I have been Rob Minow. And I'm still Ryan Flurry. And we're out of here. We'll see you all next week. Bye-bye. This podcast has been brought to you by Canadian Assistive Technology, providing low vision and blindness solutions across Canada. Find us online at www.canastech.com. That's C-A-N-A-S-S-T-E-C-H dot com. Or call us toll free at 1-844-795-8324. For all your assistive technology servicing needs, call Chaos Technical Services at 778-847-6840 or find them online at chaostechnicalservices.com. Music provided by bensound.com.